Welcome to Leveling Up, a noob's quest to get good. This is a gaming history and interview podcast where each week we take a new game and discuss its history. As well as look at it from the perspective of someone who hasn't played a lot of games. I'm Joe, your resident gaming historian. And I'm Tiny Tina's older sister, Average Size Tina. And welcome to the show. show so we've had a bit of a schedule change um there were some issues on our end we didn't weren't happy with the game that we were currently playing and so we needed extra time for a new long game so uh instead of hollow knight this week you're going to be getting uh our old borderlands 2 episode that we recorded uh, a while ago during that kind of couple months break that we took um so this is a bit old. There's a lot of Infinity War talk, so that's all in there. Um, but we should be back in two weeks with our regularly scheduled, unregularly scheduled program. You are going to get uh, Half-Life. Instead, we change Half-Life to Hollow Knight. But because we need the extra time to play Hollow Knight, we're going to be playing Borderlands this week. But in two weeks, come back for the Hollow Knight episode. Um, yeah. All right. Thanks, guys. Hey, everyone, and welcome to episode six of Leveling Up, a news quest to get good. Uh, we're joined Tina today to discuss Borderlands 2. Yes! My first long pick. Yes, her first long pick. And I believe, well, Tina, how would you describe Borderlands? Okay, so Borderlands is, well... Okay, the best way to describe Borderlands is it's basically the game you think of, or not necessarily you think of, it's the game that your parents think of when they think violent video games. (laughs) It is a shooter kind of game where your goal is to not cause as much destruction as possible, but basically cause as much destruction as possible. Yeah, I think that's a pretty good way to describe it. Mm -hmm. A lot of guns, a lot of explosions, a lot of murder. Yeah, lot, lot, blood, don't forget blood. Lots of blood, lots of blood and violence and gore, yes. Yeah. Uh, All good stuff. Hell yeah. Uh, as Tina said, yeah, uh, Borderlands 2 is a first-person shooter with RPG elements. So uh, what were your general impressions of Borderlands 2, Tina? Well, if you couldn't tell by how I described the game, I thought it was incredibly violent. <laughs> I mean, obviously. No, it was it I I enjoyed it, but I only enjoyed it once I got a certain amount of the way through. There was mm-hmm. it it was very hard to pick up. It was my first first person shooter and you you know this cuz we've talked about it, but I actually ended up like restarting the game uh not very far through it, but I still like totally ended up restarting it. So uh, I wasn't sure I was totally going to finish it because the beginning was super rocky. Mm-hmm. But overall, I enjoyed it. I definitely enjoyed the story and all the other little tidbits that were sprinkled through the game more than I actually enjoyed playing it. 
but playing it was not painful enough for me mm-hmm. to stop getting through it. Yeah. It's not something I think I would go back to of my own volition. Cool. Um, Alright, well, so let's start from the beginning. What character did you choose? So I played... After you, after you restarted a couple times. Yes, after I restarted a couple times. Um, so my third time around was when I actually stayed through till the end. And I played as uh, the Siren Maya. Okay. Yes. I I played as the Gunzerker Salvador. He was he was the one character. <laughs> Amazing. My first. Time. Well, we have totally different perspectives then. Yes. My first time through, I did zero, and then my second time through, I did the Captain America looking guy. Yep. The commander. Whoever the hell I think he was- is. Generic white man. Yep, yep, generic white man. Um, but yeah, no, I play, I played as Maya. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay. Um, um, so tell me about uh, kind of your play style. How did you play the game? How did you your play style possibly evolve over um, time? Okay, so my play style, I at first, I definitely um, my biggest my biggest issue when I first started out was I would always die super fast. And I just kept on dying. So all of my points that I dumped into my skill tree were all for, like, the... If you kill a person while they're in your phase shift or whatever the hell it's called, then you regain health. And you... Or you regain health faster. I think I was, like, nurse for a while or whatever. It was very... Keep myself alive as long as possible. <laughs> yes. Mm-hmm. Makes sense. But then I, um... But then I definitely... Uh, that definitely kind of shifted. I think... I think what really... Um, what really changed it for me was I stopped feeling like I had to rush through it. As, as Especially playing, not against you, but, you know, as, as we play it, we talk about it a lot. Um... I felt that you were getting through these missions so much faster than I was. And it wasn't bothering me, but I did feel like I was taking a long time. So I was trying to push myself to go as fast as possible. And that ended up Mm -hmm. hindering me a lot. So once I kind of got over that, I was able to dump not only more points into more damage-based stuff, but also like, okay, you know, it's okay to sit here and hide for a little bit. I don't have to just run through and destroy as much as possible. So that 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 is kind of how I I changed as I went through it, but I but I definitely did still rely super heavily on the um, Maya's phase shift where she could just freeze the person. That was so helpful. I I couldn't imagine. I honestly couldn't imagine how I would have made it through if I was someone else. <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh- your play style almost mirrors mine a little uh, in the evolution of it, okay. but for different reasons. I started out, I selected the Gunzerker because in games I really like to just be the big beefy guy that hits people with sticks till they die. And that's what Gunzerking sounds like. I get to dual wield weapons and just shoot guys a lot. Okay. But I didn't really use Gunzerking a lot, and I pretty much ended up just kind of sitting behind walls. Mm-hmm. Okay, I ran in. I shot my shotgun a bunch until I lost my shield, and then I hid behind a wall and waited for my shield to reload while sniping <laughs> people off from behind a wall. I used the sniper rifle a lot more than I personally would have expected myself to. 
the sniper the sniper rifle really changed a lot for me. Yeah. It 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 really did. Especially against robots. Oh really? Yeah. See, I oh I don't I don't know. I fighting robots were my least favorite enemy. I couldn't find a not a fast way to kill them, but I felt like I wasn't killing them effectively. Okay. Did you figure out that their arm joints are weak spots? What do you mean? That you can. That's why I liked using the snipers against them, because if you shoot, like, the joint where their arm connects to their body, it'll knock their arm off and do a critical hit. Fuck. No. And that's so... God, I'm so stupid. Because that was literally... My strategy when it came to the robots was I would shoot their legs. Because oh. I was like, oh, they're on the ground, now I can run away from them. No, I mean, that makes no, sense. No, but, like, I'm uh, so stupid to not put together the fact that I can shoot off their legs. Of course I can shoot off their arms. Yeah, because shooting off their arms is a lot more effective because then they can't Yeah, shoot then they can't. I mean, like, there's still the guy who, like, shoots kind of the pulse. Yeah. But still. Well, no, I mean, I mean, they still have, like, an eye laser that mm, they can yeah, shoot you with. Yeah, that's what I mean, the pulse. Um, but it's still incredibly effective. <laughs> I think, like, on the, on the mission where you're rescuing Roland, um... I mm-hmm. think someone says, I think Ro- maybe Roland says, if he's talking to you over the intercom, like, like shoot them in the legs or something. Okay. And I think that just stuck with me. I was like, I can shoot them in the legs and that's what I should do. <laughs> Damn it, I'm so stupid. Mm, I mean, okay, you're not stupid. You're just inexperienced. I definitely think it's a part of like, all right, this is, not, this is, this is a first person shooter. You got to shoot them in all the places until you find their weak spot. And also, you know, like, people are not, people are not usually welcoming to, like, new information, like, yeah. brain-wise. Like, I mean, yeah, you, that's all you, 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 you very, it's very easy to laser in on something. Because mm-hmm. that's the thing, I didn't know that you could shoot the arms off myself. I had noticed that you could shoot legs off because I do a very much spray and, sp- spray and pray approach to guns. Okay. I okay. just kind of shoot them until they die. And I noticed if I'm using, like, an acid gun, it'll occasionally knock their legs off. Mm-hmm. But I'm doing the sniper. And I know on humans, obviously, headshot is critical. Yeah. So I'm shooting robots, and I'm like, they don't really have a head. Let's just shoot around the head area. <laughs> and I accidentally shot one of their arms off, and it did a crit. And I'm like, oh, oh all right, there we go. Found the weak point. <laughs> <laughs> Yay, experimentation. Yeah. Um... So what did you feel about the tutorialization of the game? Uh, the introductory missions and the kind of ramping up of different s- things throughout the game and how the t- how they tutorialized that to you? I, I found that the tutorial was enjoyable because the tutorial was very claptrap heavy. <laughs> sure. And it was definitely much more lighthearted than the rest of the game. Mm-hmm. However, I, I, and take my opinion with a grain of salt because, again, this is the first first person shooter I've ever played, but that was a hard ass tutorial. I mean, yeah. I think. Like, okay, where, where, where do you think or where do the developers say the tutorial stops? Okay. I want to say something right now because I meant to say at the beginning of the episode. Okay. Uh, everyone, just so you know, we did play this game single play. This is important, Tina, because this game was almost designed to be played multiplayer as the preferred experience. Yes. It can be played single player, as we've proven, but it's a lot harder single player. 
So just keep that in mind as we progress forward in the episodes because all of these opinions are coming from a single-player perspective for Borderlands 2. Um, so when I say tutorialization, I don't necessarily mean the tutorial stage. Technically, if you want to talk about that, I would say the tutorial ends at Captain Flint. Um, but when I'm talking about tutorialization, I'm talking about something that all games do where there's new elements added even pretty late into the game. Like, okay, early game... Sorry, continue. Yeah, early game, you gotta get a lot of information in there, and that is the tutorial. Like, you know, how to shoot, how to move, how to switch weapons. <laughs> Which I had a very hard time with. <laughs> um, but then later in the game, they'll introduce some new elements. inventory. Uh-huh, uh-huh. But then later on in the game, they will continue to introduce elements just at a much slower mm. pace. And so when I say tutorialization, I do not mean the tutorial. I mean, how did Borderlands do when teaching you a new element? Okay, so you're talking about, like, when they introduce the cars. Or when they introduce the fact that, here, here are elemental weapons. Or things like yeah. that. Yeah. That stuff, I thought they did a... I thought they did an okay job with in the main... Mm. Like, if you just did the main 19 quests, I think they did an okay job. I think doing the side quests really was where you got more of that knowledge. Specifically mm -hmm. with the... Um, specifically with the gun types. Not, not like a shotgun versus pistol, but the here's where you want to use fire, here's where you want to use... Um, electric, or here's where you want to use, like, the purple shit. Yeah. I yeah. think the side missions were really, really, really good about that. And I mm -hmm. really wish as, as someone who skipped lots of side missions early on, I really wish it wasn't like that. And that they kind of mm -hmm. forced you to do more of it. Sure. I, I think that's just kind of an evolution of how the game is designed. This... This is kind of like almost a pseudo-introduction to you of open-world games. And that's almost how all open-world games are designed. They have a main story, but the main story is never the point of playing these games. Yeah. Which is weird to say, right? Like, oh, there's a story. Why don't I follow the story? But, like, a main story is only ever at most, like, 10% of an open-world game content. Okay. So it makes a lot of sense that elements are expanded upon a lot in the side missions because the side missions are a majority of the game. Okay, so I pl uh, so basically I played the game wrong even after my third restart. <laughs> it's not necessarily that you played the yeah. game wrong. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah, just yeah. that we don't have the time to 100% Borderlands 2 on this show. No. That's <laughs> unrealistic. Yes. Um... <laughs> That's, that's that that is that that is good to know though. That's definitely something to keep in mind. Yeah, yeah. And I did I did really enjoy so many of those side missions. So that mm. uh, I guess kind of looking at the game from that different angle, where maybe the main story wasn't necessarily the whole point of it, kind mm. of I guess improves my overall opinion of it. Sure. What did you think about the comedic style of the game? Jack was everything. <laughs> he was absolute perfection mm -hmm. the comedic but also dark humor that was not just with him but everywhere throughout the game 
made it so fucking enjoyable. <laughs> Especially yeah. when I was banging my head against a really hard boss and it's like, oh my god, this is the fifth time I fought this person. I'm so done. Mm-hmm. To to have like that little laugh there definitely really helped. Especially because the sure. whole game was very... It looked very gritty and it was very gritty like theme-wise, I think. Having mm-hmm. that moment of humor in there was so fucking great. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I really like Borderlands um, humor. Because it is, it is great. It is very sardonic mm-hmm. and sarcastic and British almost <laughs> type of humor, and I, and it has this a similar style of humor, and that is not just about telling jokes. It's about kind of you may not have noticed this as much as I did because I played more games, but it's very much again about you know comedy is about subverting expectations, mm-hmm. and so a lot of the comedy was in the way that they designed the game to be uh, kind of subversive of a lot of first-person shooter and RPG okay. mechanics and tropes, kind of. Such as... Like, we'll, Give me, like, one example. Like, we'll talk about later, there was the mission called Shoot This Guy in the Face. Yes, 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 yes. Which is just you shoot just the guy shoot in the face. <laughs> and that's just, you know, that's not done, you know. You know, you know you don't do a mission where you just shoot a guy in the face. That's silly. Why would you do that? But that's the point. And I think that's also, I think bringing up Face McShooty or whatever his name was, uh-huh. is also a really, something really well that they did here, where some of the humor was very dark, mm-hmm. but some of it was also, here, shoot this guy in the face, or we're going to change the name of the bully mongs to, like, Fart Dick. Yeah. Like, it was dark and then there was also not childish, but much more childish, for lack of a better word, or surface level of humor. Mm-hmm. That like it was juxtaposed very well. Yeah, yeah, it, it was it, great. <laughs> the comedy isn't just in the writing or the characters; it's in the game design itself, which is why yes. I think it just adds another layer that makes Borderland so much better. Yeah, and it's not all just like burning dead babies. Yeah, exactly. I think quite a few. So we. Or at least, no, well, no, I know both of us do it. So we take notes as we're playing the game. So we remember specifically what we want to talk about. And so many of my notes for this game were funny things. Mm-hmm. That they were just like random ass quotes that I then had to go back and remember, like, where did I hear this? Yep. And then I was like, oh, right, it was this, and this is the context, and that's why it was funny. But it was just random ass quotes, and I loved it. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Like on on my phone, I ran I randomly had like like I just want a good pancreas, and I just felt that so it was just so stupid. Mm-hmm. And I loved it. Oh, it was great. Yes, yes. Uh, so what did you, what was your opinion on all of your kind of ally NPC people that you interacted with throughout the game? There were I either really enjoyed them. Or mm-hmm. I forgot who they were. <laughs> <coughs> All right. Fair Did not really have lots of middle of the road. Like, they kept bringing up Tannis. I can't tell you how many times I had to look up who the hell Tannis was. She's in, she's on the first floor of the main mission hub. You pass her all the time when you go upstairs to talk to Roland or Lilith or Brick. Yeah, I know. But, like, so rarely do you have to talk to her. And people don't go around wearing name tags, which I'm, I didn't want them to. 
But let me be clear, I don't want them to. I don't want their names to be flown I mean, above their heads. Wait, do they not? I swear to God, anytime you scrolled over an NPC, it gives you their name. I don't, I don't scroll over them. Like, you just walk, you walk past them. You walk to your little diamond. All right, all right, continue. <laughs> no, but the ones that, the, the ones that I enjoyed, I really enjoyed. But, like, I couldn't tell you, like, as, I mean, like, you know this, when we were talking about the game, I couldn't remember Sir Hammerlock's name till like, the last mission. I kept calling him Hasek Darkarm, which is a person in our D&D campaign. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yeah, very like, true. I can't tell you who sells guns. Like, the fat man who just kills people. I don't know his name. Um, it's Marcus, because every time you go to a gun machine and you close it, it says, buy, from, buy bullets from Marcus Ammunitions, or I'll kill you. <laughs> Okay. No, but like, Dr. Zed, know him. He's fabulous. He's great. Okay. Scooter and Ellie okay. are the best people in the game. They're pretty great. Like, second and second slash third, maybe only to Tiny Tina. Like, the ones oh. that I knew were fabulous. And gotcha. someone just like, someone who wasn't as comedic, because all four of them were pretty comedic. I loved Mordecai. Yeah, he was I pretty good him, too. And I loved, loved his whole little kind of like arc with Bloodwing. It was great. It was great. That was mm-hmm. actually... We're probably going to talk about this later, so you can cut this out if you want. But that was actually my favorite. The Wildlife Preservation was my favorite mission. Okay. Hands down. Uh, Alright. What was your... I know we discussed this a little bit in the comedy section, uh, but what was your opinion on Jack? Not just as a source of comedy, but as a villain and an antagonist and an opposing, perhaps foil to yourself and the other characters. All that kind of stuff. So I kind of I kind of mentioned this earlier, but I found the actual shooting and the actual gameplay to be very difficult and challenging. But so mm-hmm. the what really helped me through most of the game definitely was the story. And Jack mm-hmm. is kind of even though he is the antagonist, like if, if if we are looking in on the world of Borderlands, he is almost kind of like the the main character in the story. I would agree with that a hundred percent. It's yeah. just like, you know, in Infinity War, Thanos is the antagonist, but he's exactly. also the main character. And yeah. very similar to Infinity Wars, I thought that he he was so very compelling. And mm-hmm. this was one of the, this. I think this was actually the first game. This was the first game I played where the characters have been, like, voice acted. Where, they ha- where there mm-hmm. are cutscenes yeah. and there are things you have to watch where they talking kind of just monologue and i thought especially by the end i was gonna get so freaking bored of that but uh-huh. it, it was there's a reason these people are paid they they were so compelling i was i was invested like oh, no jack handsome jack was yes. so great and he was what was great was he was smart you felt that he was competent and that he was a Perfect. challenge and so it felt satisfying yeah. when you eventually killed him which was oh my god that was so fucking sad oh sorry i didn't hear that because i shot him in the face as soon as i finished that boss fight are you kidding me no see here's the thing i've always (gasps) wanted to be that person that shoots a bad guy in his face as he's doing his villain monologue and so i finished that boss fight and i'm just like all right cool wait can i just shoot him oh i shot him he's dead now joseph wait what was his closing monologue then no, his his closing monologue is him just <coughs> breaking down, but not in a way of sadness. He just gets 
so angry and frustrated and he starts like just yelling about how like he can't believe he was defeated by like and he starts calling like brock brock brick the i don't fucking know brick yeah whatever brick and lilith like he starts calling them names and he calls you like a goddamn dirty vault hunter and then he repeats like that line where like and i'm the goddamn hero or whatever yeah and he just like screams it Mm -hmm. oh my god it's so good it's so good yeah Yeah. like if only i'd listen (laughs) if only you would fucking listen um like i could a hundred percent transcribe that and put and like do that as an audition for a show. Uh-huh. It's so good. Matt Colville did a video on on called on being an evil character. And so he brought up this idea that I'd never personally heard before, just because I'd never heard of this thing before. But on, you know how there are anti-heroes? Mm-hmm. Someone that doesn't want to be a hero, but is reluctantly a hero. Not reluctantly, mm-hmm. but ends up being yeah. a hero. He brought up the idea of an anti-villain. And I think that's what Jack is. Someone that doesn't want to be a villain, but because of thir- circumstances, he is a villain. Yes, but I like that at least in Borderlands 2, while he might have been reluctant to accept that mantle, once he did, he kind of went full bore on it, you know? (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. If I'm going to be a villain, I'm going to be the kind of villain who enslaves my daughter, you know? Uh Like, Like, and I really think it's interesting, it's it's another fucking Thanos parallel. (laughs) What? Hey, I'm going to put a spoiler tag, I guess, at the beginning of this podcast. Don't oh listen if you haven't seen Infinity War. Oh my god, and I called the commander Captain America. You did. <laughs> like, the whole... Like, yes, Jack imprisoned his, imprisoned and enslaved his daughter, but when you kill her, his pure outrage yes. is just so real. Yes. And, like, that just reminds me of the whole scene with Gamora. Mm. Oh my god, yes. Yeah. His, his kind of, his, his outrage that you got from when you killed Angel was kind of very much so echoed in his ending monologue. Uh Again, that kind of breaking down, like, outrage, like. Yes. Except a lot more defeat. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, it may very have, very well have been the idea that, like, in those final moments, he was realizing that he was the villain, mm-hmm. and his entire worldview was breaking apart. Yes. And he was... Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And that's the other thing. Borderlands <gasps> is... Has... Roland is yeah. Nick Fury. Oh my god, he is. He even gets killed. What? <laughs> they just killed. made Avengers in space. That's all Borderlands yeah. is. Well, no, because I guess Borderlands happened before Avengers. <laughs> yeah, that's so... true. Avengers stole it. Avengers just stole Borderlands. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I really like, like, Borderlands 2 writing team did an excellent job in every single department. They wrote comedy well, they wrote story and characters well. They did everything in this game really well in terms of writing. Um, <clears throat> so let's get into a bit of the more kind of nitty-gritty mechanics-wise. Yes. What did you think of the difficulty curve of the game? I felt that it was, I don't know, see, like, I'm so biased because, like, uh-huh. the raw mechanic was so hard. Mm-hmm. And I, st- by the end, I still felt like I didn't have a good handle on it. Like, uh, I figured if this was actually before the episode or whatever. But earlier you were talking about, like, oh, no, because this wasn't the episode because it was with the robots. Uh, earlier sure. you were talking about, like, spray and pray or whatever. 
mm-hmm. or whatever. I still feel like that's what I was doing when I was fighting the warrior. I felt like I never really got a good handle on the mechanic. Um, but, so I thought that everything was challenging, insanely so. <laughs> but, I don't know, I don't I don't think I ever felt anything was unfair. But then again... Well... I, okay, aside from the bunker fight. <laughs> <laughs> but then again, I don't know, I still feel like it says something if... I don't know, I've played... I've played through the whole main story and I still don't feel like I have a good handle on how to play this kind of game. I don't know. It's sure. It's weird. I mean, I definitely feel like this is also, it's not necessarily my first first person shooter. I've played FPS games before, but it's definitely the first one that I've kind of finished. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. First person shooters aren't really my genre. I'm more of a kind of RPG puzzle Metroidvania guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, platformers too. First person shooters aren't really my thing. I don't like the war setting. I don't like, I'm not a huge fan of the mechanics myself. So even I, at the beginning, was kind of a little a little not great at it until I got the advice about mouse sensitivity, which I didn't know. Low mouse sensitivity is better for first-person shooter games. That also, that that did, that was, that did help. Yes. Um, and I do think it's interesting, the discrepancy. Like, by the end, I had a much better control on my guns and how I was shooting and all of that kind of stuff than mm-hmm. I think, I guess, you did. And I definitely think that's interest. That's an interesting contrast between mm, someone like me who has played a lot of games and can pick up the kind of mechanics much more easily, mm-hmm. and someone like you who is a new, which you know is the whole point of the podcast. Whoa! Yeah. So I'm curious to see what happens if we ever pick up another first-person shooter. How you'll kind of adjust to that one. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, after doing a little bit of research, apparently Borderlands was not... And I realized this is my fault, but probably not the one we should have started with. Yeah. But uh, that's okay. That's that's fair. <laughs> Borderlands, I feel like, is definitely one of the more difficult uh, first-person shooters on the market. Not even just... And I, I say not even just like I know what I'm talking about, but like not even just in raw difficulty or challengingness, but I wish... It just felt overwhelming. Mm-hmm. I, you said that the quote-unquote tutorial probably ended at, at Captain Flint. I, I don't know. I still felt so overwhelmed way past that. Sure, sure. <clears throat> yeah, I definitely feel like first-person shooters can kind of be one of the tougher genres to get into because they are a very dense genre with a lot of mechanics and a lot of history First-person shooters are some of the oldest games. Like, you know, they've been around since before the NES. They were huge on, you know, MS-DOS back in the late 70s. So they've had a lot of time to build up and, you know, kind of fill out their genre. And so it's definitely a very complex genre uh, to get into. Um, What was your opinion on the skill trees and the badass ranks? I like the idea of being able to spend some form of currency to more personalize the character you were playing. I really enjoyed that. However, I was kind of confused why there needed to be two separate things. Sure. And I was kind of confused how you got your skill tree points. Still don't totally You get one skill tree point every time you level up. Oh, is that it? Yes. Okay. The skill tree is the RPG element that I was mentioning earlier. Okay. 
that is a very common thing in most RPGs. When you level up, you either are just assigned more numbers, like in Pokemon, or you are given a skill point to spend in a skill tree or in stats or whatever. Okay. Is that yeah. usually how is that is that usually how skill trees work? Yeah. Okay. I mean Well no no no, sorry, so sorry. Sorry. I have a question. Let, let me rephrase that. Do skill trees usually work where you get access to new things or you get more currency when you level up? Just just because, like, Guac has a skill tree where, like, it's money-based. Sure. Um, <coughs> mo- like, yeah, which, most which is the outlier? Uh, Guac is okay. the outlier. Guac 2, specifically. But yeah, Guac is the outlier. Well, I mean, Guac 1 also had some things. Yeah, Guac is the outlier. Usually you get skill points on level up. Okay, gotcha. Yeah. Um... Yeah, and the badass ranks and skill, tr- yeah, uh, the badass ranks and skill tree were two separate things because they had two ever so slightly different uses. Mm-hmm. The skill tree gave you skills um, mm-hmm. sometimes, which seems obvious. But yeah, I, I see. I they- see when this is gonna sound stupid. When you said it gave you skills, I could kind of see that distinction. It's like yeah, novel. It, there were sometimes passives, like it, for the Gunzerker. I put all I put all all of my points into like bigger magazines mm-hmm. and health regen, which is you can get similar ish stuff in the badass mm-hmm. ranks, but most of the skill tree is like kill skills. Where when you kill someone, you do something happens. Yeah. It's really you know kind of um, it's really kind of obvious when you see the first skill you get is the active skill for your class, yeah. gunzerking or the phase shift or whatever. Mm-hmm. Skills are things that directly affect gameplay and how that works, whereas the badass ranks are just modifiers to numbers. Ever so slightly more damage, ever so slightly more shield recharge, mm. uh, ever so slightly more, you know, faster reload time, that kind of thing. The badass ranks are a numbers thing that are... They're also kind of an, uh, an adjacency to a, an achievement system. Mm, okay. It's a way to people for doing good at the game. Okay, I can see that. Yeah. Whereas the skill tree is, you know, the generic skill tree that you get in a lot of RPGs. I now feel bad for how I filled out my skill tree because, uh-huh. like, so th- the first the first point you get, like, I, I I had to pick phase shift. You know, you have to pick the active, like the yeah. the F item, the F button for your class or whatever. But like. After that, like, once I got my second point, I was just like, I don't really know... I mean, like, I can obviously read what all these other things do, but I didn't know which was going to be best for me in the long run. So I low-key uh-huh. looked up, like, best skill trees for, like, Maya in Borderlands 2, and I was like, guess what looks good, and I took a picture of it. <laughs> don't feel bad. There are two types of people in the world. People that spend way too much time in these games and build those best skill trees... And the rest of us and, that look and them. the moochers. Yes. No, that is 100% how I play any game that has a skill tree. If there's a skill tree, I go look up the build that I want mm-hmm. based on... Like, that's the thing. For the Gunzerker, there were, like, best build for dual-wielding pistols or best... We- the one that I chose was best build for overall damage mm-hmm. output. And so I just followed that. Okay. Because that's how I want to play the game. And... So that is 100%. Anytime I play an RPG with a skill system, I always look up what is the best skill tree for my particular playstyle. Can you take out just the RPG element of it? Yeah. <laughs> but that's also just how I like to play games. I'm not a, I'm not huge on the whole, like, 
I am not the best person for looking at a matrix of shit that can interact in ways and do awesome shit and parsing it to figure out what the best thing is. I just like to hit things until they die. Just like to hit things. It's why I play. It's why my favorite D&D class is fighter because I can just hit shit till it dies. Fair enough. Yeah. Um <clears throat> yeah. Um so what were your opinions on the random drops mechanic? You know, random you uh, enemies and loot chests and all that stuff. They would drop random weapons, shields, class mods, stuff like that. So, a couple things. I feel super unqualified to answer this question because mm-hmm. I completely skipped, not skipped, but I never went back to farm for better drops from enemies and such. Neither and did I. I actually kind of, we've talked about this a little bit before, but I actually really hated that, which I realize is now a core mechanic of all first person shooters, but I kind of hate it. I actually really hate it. Um, the idea that those big bosses don't stay dead on you, which I understand is important, but it's, I dislike it. Uh-huh. It's actually, I want a clarification point. It is not a core mechanic of first-person shooters. It is a core mechanic of okay. loot games like this. Um, it's it's kind of weird. Borderlands 2, while it is a first-person shooter pretty much first, the point of it is... It, it is a loot game. It is a game where you see all these drops mm-hmm. and you're like, okay, this gun dropped. It's like 10% better in this field, but 4% worse in this other one. So it's good enough for me. Let's switch the gun out. <laughs> it's, it's almost an MMO RPG in that okay. sense because that is kind of a lot of how those genres work as gotcha. well. It's very much about repeated. And again, this is why I said... Uh, Borderlands 2 is basically an MMO because Borderlands 2 has raids and Borderlands 2 has this loot system and Borderlands 2 has a lot of things that are very similar to an MMORPG but it's just an FPS. Gotcha. The point of the games is to grind and grind and grind until you have the best Mm. shit. And that is the core mechanic of loot games, not first-person shooters. Most first-person shooters are very much mission-based. You have a gun, you go in, you kill shit with the gun, you do the next mission. That is most first-person okay. shooters. Well, in which case, I didn't, I did not take advantage of the loot dropping-based mechanic of loot games that Borderlands seems to have. Um, but that's just because I really hated the idea that those hard bosses came back to life and it was all for nothing, basically. And I said, "Fuck that." That's fair. <laughs> I mean, you did take, you did take advantage of it, just not intentionally. Any any enemy can drop mm. guns. Any chest can I... drop guns. And so you were always taking advantage of it, just not intentionally going back and farming I the bosses. I was not taking advantage guns. of it in the most effective way, because going back to farm the bosses would have then dropped the better guns. However, I did something specifically... Sorry, I'm going to start over. <laughs> I, While I did not like the idea of farming bosses, I really think it was smart that Borderlands took the, what I now know as, like, loot drop mechanic... Yeah. And put it in things like chests <laughs> because I then ended up combing through areas like with a fine like with a fine tooth comb. I was trying to find every single every single thing to open for more money so I could die more times or more bullets for free or more random guns that I could sell. Yeah. And 
I feel that that echoed the kind of bandity vibe mm-hmm. really, really well. Sure. And I really enjoyed that feeling. Yeah. But yeah, other than that, I didn't really, I didn't really do much with that mechanic. <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. So what, how did you feel? We mentioned these a little earlier, but how did you feel about all the different elemental effects? Acid, fire, lightning, explosions? Once I learned how to use them, they were super helpful. Holy shit. Yeah. yeah. And I never felt more powerful than when I would like, and I realize this is an elemental effect of the gun, but I never felt more powerful than when I would like shoot a barrel that was next to an enemy and it would just explode and kill him. Hell yeah. Gotta say, it's incredibly morbid, but possibly one of my favorite jokes is during the Bloodwing boss fight, mm-hmm. where Jack keeps where Jack keeps going. What's the last element that I'm forgetting? He said like three times, and then you beat Bloodwing, and he's like, "Oh right, explosions." Oh my God. Yes, 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 yes. Fuck, that was like good foreshadowing too. Yeah, and that that also had one of my favorite funny Jack quotes, where after mm-hmm. he kills Bloodwing and Mordecai just loses his shit, Jack's yeah. like, where's my violin? Like, fuck, where is it? I had a violin prepared for this! And then, like, <laughs> six minutes later, he just he just comes on and plays this awful violin. And he's like, ah, the moment's gone. <laughs> fuck. Man, there's a there's been a running thread in these comedy games for you. What? Violins. What are you talking about? This portal? <laughs> Wait, what? Why was there a violin and portal? It was your favorite quote from the GLaDOS <gasps> fight. <laughs> no, but that was like she was like <laughs> she, but, <laughs> No, you're so I right. I know I remember that. You're joke, so right. But yeah. Apparently, violins are just phenomenally hilarious. <laughs> violins are really funny. <laughs> uh, so what do you think about the different enemy types in the game? Um, Robots suck. The loaders. <laughs> yeah, the loaders were they pretty suck. bad. suck hardcore. Mm. Yep. Um, what did you think about, like, the different human enemies? The psychos, the nomads, the... the I really liked... Garbage. The Gargantars. What the fuck? The Goliaths? No, Is that what they Goliaths, were called? yeah. Yeah, I yeah, liked then. the... Okay, just one quick thing about robots. While I hated the idea of robot enemies, I loved the idea of the repair bots. That's hilarious because I despise the repair bots with every fiber of my being. Really? Because they're the worst. Healers but on I think... the side are the worst. No, they are, but I think it sh- it it reinforces the fact that like who y- the person you are fighting is smart. No, totally. Story-wise, excellent. Gameplay-wise, no, no. fuck the repair surveyors. No, gameplay-wise, they fucking suck. Actually, no. The worst enemies in this fucking game are the buzzards. Oh, wait. No. No, I disagree. I disagree. Okay, what's your least favorite enemy in? Uh, what are the birds that come down and just like... like oh, a, the racks or whatever? They fucking suck. I hate okay. them. They're terrifying. No, they're terrifying and they're terrible, but you can take them down in one shot almost all the time. I mean, okay, Whereas the yeah. buzzards are the worst part of the racks in that they fly and they're shitty and they're hard to hit and they take like 17,000 bullets. Okay, that... Yeah, but racks are also terrifying. Buzzards aren't that scary. You're not, you're not wrong. <laughs> but the buzzards are bullshit. Yeah, they're bullshit. Um, 
I I really liked uh I I really enjoyed how some of the nomads had like midgets on their shield. Yes, which, the nomad torturers. Yeah, the nomad torturers um had midgets on their shield, and so then if you killed like the nomad, like the midget would like be free, <laughs> free, free. <laughs> um, yeah, I really liked that. I also really liked how um. Sometimes, like, both of the people you were fighting would end up fighting each other. Like, if there were boymons around, like, a place you had to raid, that, like, the people yeah. could end up shooting the boymons. I like that. I like that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, yo, when they say an enemy is badass, they're not kidding. That yeah. ramped... Badass enemies will fuck you that up. That ramped up the difficult... That was, that was, I think, the only... Not unfair, but, like... We were talking about difficulty curves earlier. Uh-huh, that was... Uh-huh. <sighs> it It wasn't a badass enemy, and it wasn't a boss. It was somewhere in between, but sadder? Ooh, yes. That was possibly one of my least favorite enemies in the game, just because of how difficult it was. No, that was objectively very hard. I only beat that guy because I found a building that I could hide inside that had a like, rectangular window where I could shoot him, but he could not shoot me. You lucky son of a bitch. <laughs> so I just camped inside that building, and I used up, like, 90% of all the ammo in all of my guns, <laughs> but I killed this son of a bitch. Um, and finally, before we move on to the next section, what was your opinion on the final boss? He was my favorite boss fight. Yeah. Oh, wow, okay. Partially hmm. because, I mean, like, okay, fighting the warrior itself was, like, probably middle of the road. But the satisfaction mm-hmm. I got from killing him, and then also the surrounding cutscenes and drama, like, not just specifically sure. with Handsome Jack, but just the, the the drama of killing this awful beast was, mm-hmm. it, I don't know, it was, it was my favorite boss fight. Okay. I'm curious how you kind of felt about the difficulty of the final boss fight, both Jack and the warrior, versus, like, the second to final boss fight with Bunker, because I personally felt it took a severe dip in difficulty. It was still hard, but no. I I didn't die to either Jack or the warrior. No, Bunker was... Uh, I, I, I didn't die to Jack, I died to the warrior, though. Um, okay. I think, like, twice. <laughs> Um, no, Bunker was ridiculous. And I think that yeah. was... I think we'll get into that a lot more later, but... Uh, and I think that yeah. was a big failing of the game. Not necessarily that your last boss has to be the hardest thing you face. I feel that making mm-hmm. Bunker the hardest boss kind of makes sense for like what he is and what he's designed to do. However, I don't think he should have been put right before the closing boss Sure, ends. I understand. Hi everyone, this is Joe. Uh, I'm just dropping in here, you know, kind of mid-roll thing that we're starting. Uh, Just wanted to, you know, uh, let you guys know about some stuff. So we've been doing this podcast for a little bit now, um, and I have realized I've never really given you guys a way to contact us. So, uh, you know, if you want to hit us up, we have a Twitter. You can reach us on Twitter, at LevelingN. 
That's leveling and the letter N. Uh, we also have an email if you want to send us any email. Uh, our email is levelinganoob at gmail.com. Uh, so, you know, uh, there might be some ads coming in after this, but uh, otherwise, enjoy the show. Um, all right, let's move on to the next section. Uh, what was your opinion on the visual aesthetic of the game? It definitely helped. It definitely helped with the gritty kind of sort of Mad, Ma- Mad Max-esque vibe that they had going on where everything was dirty because uh-huh. the, the cell shading made with those dark outlines. I don't know. For me, it made everything look kind of darker mm-hmm. and grimier. Okay. But I, I mean, I really liked it. That is what, I, you know this, but that is what drew me to the game. That is why I wanted to pick this game. Sure. Yeah. I think that's interesting. Um, not that I think it's interesting that you say it makes it grittier. Um, the because the, what they were trying to go for with that aesthetic was an almost comic book like aesthetic. I can see that, but again, I don't yeah. think that makes it clean. I mean, yeah, you're not wrong. I, I, like you can have pretty comic books, but I I thought it was super different and very similar to the same way that I thought guacs bright colors and lots of confetti fit the mood of the game i thought this fit the mood of borderlands very well and i enjoyed for it. sure yeah. i definitely think the art style definitely reinforced a lot of what they were trying to do with the world it also made things scary mm-hmm. like you've mentioned this. yeah i know i have to me personally because <laughs> i've also played okay lies this is not my first first person shooter i have played five minutes of bioshock Okay, and yes. I played five minutes because I was terrified. Uh-huh. And this definitely echoed that. <laughs> terrifying. Okay, okay. Mm-hmm. Um, so how did you feel about the soundtrack? So I think it started on such a high note. Mm-hmm. The opening cutscene where the four of you are on the train, mm-hmm. the, the music that backs that is just... It's so fantastic, especially because it's not super, like, bum ba ba Like, it's not super epic, you know? It's, like, almost understated just enough. Mm-hmm. And I think it was a brilliant opening scene. Sure. However, while I loved the soundtrack to the game, and I thought it added a lot, something that I hated was you could, like, take two steps, and you would be in an arena Mm -hmm. and so then the soundtrack would change and then you could take two steps out and the soundtrack would disappear and like i get i get why that happened and i get that it had to happen but fuck it killed the mood fair enough and it made things so much less impactful Mm -hmm. i don't know the the music itself was great how the music and you how the music was great, but how you had to interface with the world and then how that affected the music really put a damper on lots of things. Okay. I can understand that. Um, but I loved hearing it. Yeah. No, I mean, I thought it was very good music. I personally, I don't know what the actual genre was, but I got a very kind of mixture of techno and Wild West, Old Western kind of yes. music. Yes. And I think that fits very well with the world. There was, there was a lot of, there was a lot of Wild West. Yeah. And I'm so here for it. It was like Mad Max meets the Wild West. Yeah. In space. In space. 
That's a great way to... I should have said that for how I want to describe this game. It's Mad Max plus Will Smith's Wild Wild West. <laughs> oh my god, yes. <laughs> um, and then... How do, I know we talked a little bit about the voice acting, but how did you feel about the voice acting overall? I'm kind of going to echo what I said earlier. I thought I was going to hate it. I thought it was going to get annoying and on my nerves. Mm-hmm. It was the exact opposite. I could not have been more pleased. Mm-hmm. I thought the cast did such a great job. Sure. And it was great to have all of those different voices in my head. Yeah. Because, like, I... I don't know. Like, if you read text on a screen, like, maybe you'll change the voice in your head a little bit. But to have that clear, distinct difference was awesome. Yeah. And I think that's also part of why I didn't remember certain characters. I can see that. Because, like, no offense to Tannis, but she is, like... Just a white female. Like, sure. she kind of talks. Not like I do, but like, I don't know. She didn't have a she, very memorable voice. She might have been a little British. Like, <coughs> I definitely, just, just from her character design, I don't personally remember her voice very much either. I feel like they definitely would have put a slight British accent on her. Yeah, exactly. She, pro- she probably talks like Vex did. I would agree with, I yeah, probably, probably. She Yeah, she probably talks like Vex did, but yeah. I feel that though the voice acting also added to like the charm of so many people, specifically like Tina, Scooter, and Ellie. Hell yeah! <laughs> Tina's so voice good. acting was top notch. Oh, so good! Hell yeah! Um, and then our favorite segment: How did you feel about the sound effects? Surprisingly, I didn't get tired of the gun noises. Yeah. I really thought I would have. Mm-hmm. Oh wait, just one more quick thing about voice acting. Sure. Uh, little bits. Oh, two more things actually. Something that really kind of was like <laughs> the bow on the present for me was those little things you would hear walking through sanctuary. Yeah. Where it was just snippets of conversation from like random ass people. Mm-hmm. Where I'm just like, this probably took someone like a f- like just a few. Like, they probably had, or at least how I would have done it, was, like, when they brought the people in to, like, record the main voices, you probably just had them say, like, a couple extra lines and some different weird voices. And you probably had everything you needed. But it just, it was great. It was. It, it, it was, was very the perfect little, like, touch, in my opinion. Yeah. Great attention to detail. Yeah. It's, an, it's another extension of their great writing. It was a great, they did great with writing as well. Yes. And kind of in a similar vein, the things that the psychos would say, and like just all your other enemies would say, were were also very good, but yeah. in like a very different way. Not just like weird conversations, but like like you will be my gestational sack. Yeah. Hey, like, hey oh, Tina. What? Do, do you know who voiced Tiny Tina? Who? It was Ashley Birch. I've never been more happy. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. She's everything. She is amazing. She is wonderful. I love her. I'm so happy. And so now we're going to move on to the section called Highs and Lows, where we discuss our favorite and least favorite parts of the game in different categories. So we have a a slightly special one where we're going to discuss gun type, and we've both taken the six gun types and sorted them from most to least favorite. And I also... Yes, because there were only six of them. I also did put grenades in there. 
like just as a oh, little. Okay. I I don't know if you did, but I did because I wanted to. I can add it in. I can add it in at the bottom of my list because I used a single grenade in the entirety of my playthrough. Are you high? <laughs> Are you high? I don't like grenades. I don't know why. I just don't like grenades. I use them real frequently. Like well, good for you. Okay, grenades for me, which is hilarious because they constantly give you more grenades. Yeah. But they fall under too good to use syndrome for me because I see that I only have four of them and I'm like, oh, I can't use these. I only have four of them. Nah. No, I totally get it. They're actually amazing. I just never use them. Oh, I feel like I'm doing something right. <laughs> you probably are. Grenades are actually super useful. Uh, so, will you read me your list? Though? Okay, so from top to bottom, it is pistols, shotguns, little asterisks for grenades, sniper okay. rifles, rocket launcher, mm-hmm. submachine gun, mm-hmm. combat rifle. Okay. So, pistol was my favorite. Combat rifle was the worst. The assault rifles, sure. I'm sorry. I, I googled the nope. names and it said combat rifle. That's fine. It's very possible that it's actually called combat rifle, but it, but in almost every other game, they'd probably be called assault but rifles. Ass- assault I rifles think. were theirs. Anyway, okay. So my list is shotgun, sniper rifle, SMG, assault rifle, rocket launcher, pistol, grenades. <laughs> so what are your reasonings? Because we clearly have very different categories here. We, we clearly have very different categories. Wow. Shotguns were near both the top of our yeah, list. Yeah, because so. like, shotguns are the dope. best. Shotguns are just the most they fun. Are. No, they super are. Um, I don't know. I just, I liked, okay, I think I liked pistols because that is where I tended to have most of my, um, I just lost it. I was going to say. Skill points? No. I mean, yeah, I did dump a lot of skill points into pistols. Um, I want to see status effects. Oh, you had a lot of pistols with status effects. Is it actually status effect? Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> elemental damage. Elemental damage, that also works. Most of my elemental damage was from my pistols. Or my sniper okay. rifles. Yeah, but I can understand that. Yeah, so that is, I think, what kind of put them up there for me. Also, I just... I don't know, man. I really, I really don't know. Um, no, I think I know what it is. I think I know what it is. Because Maya has the phase lock, so it freezes the enemy. And so, and then I got health back if I killed them while they were frozen, because that's what I dumped lots of my skill tree points into. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I wanted high magazine size and quick fire and quick reload times. Where were SMGs on your list? Uh, second to last. That's weird, because that's what an SMG is. That's also what assault rifles are. Yeah, but I just, I had real, I had real bad, like, I felt like they did nothing. <laughs> I felt like they did nothing. And it might just be my total imagination, and I'm totally fine with that. I mean, that's the thing. SMGs and assault rifles generally have lower damage output mm-hmm. as a sacrifice for higher fire rate. No, but, like, I need, like, okay, I felt, in which case, I felt like I needed a happy medium, because, again, I, I was on, like, a time crunch to kill them. Sure. So, like, there needs to be a balance between them. Sure. Okay. And I also, like, it. again, the the act. I felt that the one of the reasons I hated, I think specifically combat rifles. I don't know. I felt like the accuracy was really low. Yes. And like that was. That's that's the my, whole thing. About, my that accuracy is, was you know low to begin with. Already. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so, that is why it's called spray and pray. You 
spray your bullets in the direction of the enemy and pray that they hit them. Okay, That's what like, spray is. But, like, my accuracy was so low to begin with, adding super low accuracy to that made the weapons unusable. Okay, I totally understand that. Like, and again, yeah. most of my pistols had the elemental damage. It's just, mm-hmm. I don't know, it's just what, it for me, my pistols with Maya's uh, phase shift made a very good combination. That's what I relied most heavily upon in the game. Sure. Uh, pistols bottomed out my list just because I never used them. Okay, fair enough. I never, they totally did, like, pistols were the most common elemental weapons I found, mm-hmm. but I also had elemental weapons in every other type, so I never needed to use them. I never ran out of ammo enough that I needed to resort to a pistol as it Okay, fair enough. Um, and rocket launchers suffered from too-good-to-use syndrome where I never used them, and so I just, whatever. I only used the rocket launchers against the robots. Yeah, totally. Because the only way I um, could effectively kill them. Mm-hmm. Uh, shotguns and sniper rifles were at the top of my list because that's kind of my strategy, like I mentioned. Shotgun, run into a battle, shotgun everything in sight, run behind a wall, snipe off the rest of them. Uh, usually supplemented with... Why didn't you do that reverse? I kind of did near the okay. end game. It kind of evolved. That was my starting okay. strategy because that's kind of what the Gunzerker is supposed to do, but it doesn't work so well in single player. Like, if it was multiplayer, it would work a oh, lot better okay. because I could get healed from my teammates and other people could draw fire and that kind okay. of stuff. But in a single player setting... It doesn't work as well, um, but for so it kind of evolved into a whole sniper, shotgun, SMG, assault rifle combo, mm-hmm. where I switch between the shotgun and the SMG assault rifle depending on what I needed to do. In robots, I found an SMG or assault rifle with acid damage did wonders at medium to close range. Okay, it okay. just tore them apart because acid damage works really well against robots. Mm-hmm. Um. And pistols just, they never did enough damage, they didn't, uh, yeah. I don't know. No, I mean, I totally get, for your situation, it makes sense, I just never use them. But shotguns are the best. I mean, yeah, they're pretty good. At close range. I also find it interesting, personally, that I the sniper rifle was so high on my list, because I never saw myself, personally, being the kind of person to use a sniper rifle, because mm-hmm. I thought it takes so much patience, and you gotta sit there mm-hmm. and wait, and shoot from a distance and stuff. But sniper rifles were so good. I, I feel that. I was really hesitant to use it. Mm-hmm. But I, I would even use sniper rifles, like, in medium to close range. <laughs> because my main sniper rifle, I just kept finding better versions of the same sniper rifle that shot electricity. And electricity and oh, okay. electricity also works pretty well against robots. Okay. See, like... And so I just kept getting better and better sniper rifles that did electric damage. So I just kept using them at close range. See, like, I want to say early on, but, like, early on, I dumped a lot. Like, even after the mission were to capture Rollworm, which was your first, like, main encounter with robots, I still dumped a lot into fire. Because yeah. it was just so effective against flesh. And so, like, that presented <laughs> a really big roadblock for me when I got to robots. Totally. totally. It, was a, it was a big adjustment that I didn't want to let go of. <laughs> no, no, totally. I can understand that. Um... That is why, like, even late game, well, I didn't like pistols, but I had a pistol of every element mm-hmm. in my inventory, just in case. Um, moving on, what is your... What about NPCs? Okay. I think we might have the same favorite... M- no, no. We don't. Maybe? Okay, who's your favorite my NPC? My favorite NPC is the combination of Scooter and Ellie. 
Okay, totally fair. Mine is Tiny Tina. Tiny Tina's my second. She's, they're both great. I totally get why you prefer uh, Scooter and Ellie. But, okay. I mean, explain to me, though, because this is a podcast. You mean I have to talk about my opinions? Weird. They were, I felt like they were the main comedic relief. Mm -hmm. Um, And I thought, like, Scooter had so many of my favorite side missions. um, Mm -hmm. And I just loved... I, I remember Ellie's introduction being so fabulous because, like, Ellie's... I, I don't know if that's what you're looking at, but Ellie's introduction is, like, you go there and, like, you see some guy in a car, like, calling her a fat ass or whatever, and she, and then, like, she just hits a... She does something and, like, the car crusher comes down and just smashes this guy in his car. And she's like, I'm sorry, what were you saying? Or whatever. And it's just like, oh, yes! They're just great. Tiny Tina, though, again, fabulous introduction. Hell yeah. Very close second. They were definitely, yeah, no. Like, I enjoy Scooter and Ellie also. I loved Ellie as a fat man myself. I can can very much appreciate Ellie's character. Yes. Uh, She's great. And I especially love the mission where you collected the hood ornaments. That was amazing. Yes. Um, but for me, Tiny Tina was just further up there just because her ridiculousness and the explosions. <laughs> and then I did the full tea party mission and that was just wonderful. <laughs> oh, it was so great. I didn't make it through. I mean, we talked about this, but I didn't make it through all of the tea party. Uh-huh. However, it was it, what I did make it through was still like really enjoyable. Yes. And I think both of... Both Ellie and Tiny Tina, I sound like a broken record, but speaks to something I really liked about Borderlands, where it was, like, the female characters were not just, like, a pair of tits. Yeah. On, like, I mean, Ellie kind of was, but, like, in a very different way. <laughs> yes, very much. In, like, a very different way. Yes, like, they were actual characters. They were actual characters, and they weren't just, like, 20-something, like, like perfect figure-looking yeah. kind of people. Like, there was really only one kind of, like, actual, like, stereotypically beautiful uh, female character in this whole game. Maybe two. It was both of the sirens. Which actually makes a whole lot of sense. Why? Why? I mean, no. That that does make sense that both of them are, like, stereotypical. Um, But I don't know. Why would you not consider Moxie or Tannis kind of up there with that? Okay, I guess. Yeah, (laughs) Moxie. Because I totally forgot about Moxus and Tanny in that moment. See, <laughs> Moxie and Tannis in that even moment. you forget Tannis exists. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, I also really enjoyed the fact that there were women in this game that were just as crazy as men. Yes. Like, Tiny Tina is actually a mad, a crazy person. Yes. But in the best way. Exactly. Um, what, who's your least favorite NPC? Um, my least favorite NPC. Get right down to me, I mean, honestly, we've been joking. It's probably Tannis. That's fair. It's probably Tannis. <laughs> Mine is from a side mission you may have not okay. done. Mine was Dave. Dave? Dave. Dave. Dave is a sexist chauvinist pig. What side mission is this pig from? Okay. So, you know the mission, the main mission where you have to, right after where Sanctuary goes up to the sky, you have to establish that new warp point to get to Sanctuary? (laughs) Yeah, so there's that town, like, up on a plateau in the highlands. Okay. 
there's a series of missions there where you can talk to this female doctor scientist lady in one of the houses and she'll give you some missions or whatever and dave just keeps butting in like oh we don't want you doctoring for us we just want you in the kitchen bitch and like oh you don't you shouldn't look at that doctor stuff. that's too much for your brain and then that series of mission missions ends with um with the scientist lady accidentally having you blow Dave's house off the side of the cliff. Hell the fuck yeah. Yeah. They had a lot of female scientists. Yeah. There was that lady, there was Tannis, and there was a person working for Jack, who was also queer. Who was working for Jack? Don't remember her name. Cool. Because Tannis was at one point. No, I know, I know. But it was, it was, I think it, yeah, it was during the sanctuary. It was during the, uh, not sanctuary, it was during the wildlife preservation mission. Where they were doing ex- it was the lady who was performing the experiments. Oh with yeah, the, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, purple shit. Yeah, 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 yeah. She yeah. reminded me of doc- a lot of Doctor Poison from Wonder Woman. Ooh, yes, very Doctor yes. Poison vibe. <clears throat> no, we can't see that. That's DC. No, that's very true. That's very true. <laughs> can't can't cross the. We can't universe. cross the streams. Can't cross the streams. You haven't seen Ghostbusters. Have no, you? I haven't. God damn it. <laughs> Um, all right, next one. What is your favorite and least favorite area or environment? So kind of, you know, like the Highlands or Iridium Blight or Sanctuary or any of those. Uh, okay. Favorite was definitely Sanctuary. Mm-hmm. I can understand that. Just because, I mean, we've talked about it. There were so many people there that I enjoyed and it was, it was so well done. And it was a great home base. Yeah, for sure. It was great. And then I loved how slowly like all of the best people kind of gathered there like claptrap was there eventually and then like sir hammerlock came there eventually and then like mordecai and brick were there and like i keep calling him brick yeah. is his name brick or brock it's brick brick or brack 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 <laughs> yeah thor thor yes um <laughs> thor. no so like and i i i like that how all your it was a well it was a good it was a well done home base and I really like that. Yeah. Um, Worst area, though, was um, <sighs> Opportunity. That was definitely near the bottom of my list as well, because it was filled with robots. It was filled with robots, and it was so... I I get it. They You needed a break from the, like, like bandit camps that were just, like, thrown together with whatever you could find, and, like the gritty reality like i get that you needed a break from that but i hated it it <laughs> too sterile yeah that's a hundred percent what it was i definitely i mean i think that was the point yeah also i get that it was a point but i hated it <laughs> yeah that was near the bottom of my list um but my least favorite was the highlands purely based on the fact that they had my two least favorite enemy groups no, I mean actually, yeah, there were buzzards there. So my three <laughs> least favorite enemy groups: uh, the buzzards, the stalkers, and the threshers. Mm, yeah, I hate fighting against invisible mm-hmm. enemies. Um, uh, the threshers were just annoying as hell uh-huh. to deal with, and I've you know you know my opinion on buzzards. No, I can see what you hit the highlands in. But like, what was your favorite? Uh, my favorite was actually Iridium Blight Hero's Path. I thought it was a really well put together area leading up to the end of the game, and I just yeah, really liked yeah. that. Area. I that I I didn't order all the areas. I just put my favorite, and my least favorite. If I had to order all of them, I believe though that one like would also be near my top. Hell yeah! What about bosses? 
I mean, we can both say simultaneously our least favorite boss. Yes. Fucking Bunker. <laughs> Just hot garbage. Because Bunker is trash, yeah. and we all hated him. Um, but to be fair, I definitely think Bunker was very much so a boss designed specifically for multiplayer. Fair enough. I 100% think that if we had played that one even together, mm-hmm. just the two of us, it would have been easier. Because the main issue I had was as I had to deal with Bunker and all the trash mobs. But if we had one person dealing with trash mobs and one person dealing with Bunker, I think that would have made it so much e- yeah, easier. I agree. But even then, fuck Bunker. No, um, my favorite... No, my favorite boss was uh, Captain Jack and the Warrior. I should call him Captain Jack. His, his name is not Captain Jack. No, but uh, the Warrior and Jack were my favorite. <laughs> the satisfying feeling I got from it that just immense mm. feeling of accomplishment and the surrounding scenes. Sure, totally. Also, like, I don't, I don't know, I don't really think this was a boss fight, but like having to kill the, not really kill, but like destroy the iridium infusers for Angel was yeah. also was that a, like you weren't really fighting a boss. You could consider it a boss encounter. Fair enough. That was. Also, that was also top cool scene, yes. Like, fantastic. Mm-hmm. Personally, I enjoyed the Bloodwing fight the most, mm-hmm. um, but that's just because I have a kind of a soft spot for staged bosses mm-hmm. and any boss that goes through kind of a transformation. That's that's also a very good point. Way partway through a fight, yeah. So I thoroughly enjoyed the Bloodwing fight. Uh, what was your favorite side mission? Favorite side mission was okay. So I have a couple things to say about side missions. Uh, okay. I have like seven favorite ones. Totally fair. There were a lot, and there, there were a lot, lot of good ones. Lot of good ones. Face McShooty, super up there. That was mine. The uh, Tiny Tina Tea Party Saga. Yes. Which is called "You Are Cordially Invited." Mm-hmm. Also up there. The uh, poetic license from Scooter. Yep. Fabulous. Beauties in the Eye of the Beholder with Ellie. Beautiful. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And to kind of round it all out, the Hammerlock one. With the Pokemon. With the Pokemon's with the fucking names have changed to like Dick Fart. Dick Fart, yes. It's just so dumb. So fucking dumb. Yeah. Like I said, a lot of excellent missions. Excellent side missions. Awesome. And, like, and um,. Something mm-hmm. else I really liked about the side missions, none of these were my favorite, but like, yeah, they had the ones with like Hammerlock where there's just, okay, shoot these things, like collect enough samples, but then they also like, I don't know, they, I feel like they also, there were like puzzle side missions. Yeah. And there was like, there was like the puzzle one where you had to figure out like, there was like the standoff, and you had to <laughs> figure out who stole the money. Yeah. That was great. Yes. I mean, it was, it wasn't like super fun, but it was cool that there was another kind of side mission. Yeah, it wasn't just go around and shoot everyone until you win. And there was also like the timed one where you had to deliver the package. Yeah. Which I couldn't complete because that was fucking hard. <laughs> but like, again, they really diversified. It was great. Yeah. What about your least favorite one? Uh, I don't know. I didn't... If any... I don't know. There were quite a few that like I started and I didn't complete mm-hmm. and I didn't really make note of. I just... I just, I just didn't... I don't know. Cool. I get to rant about fucking escort quests for an hour now. <laughs> okay. 
No. Fucking, my least favorite side mission was statuesque because it was a goddamn escort quest mission. This was a quest, a side quest you got from Claptrap in Opportunity, okay. where you hacked uh, one of the constructors and it, like, lasers down all of Jack's statues that he has throughout Sanctuary. Okay. But there are a bunch of other robots trying to kill the constructor as it goes through. And at, like, the first out of four statues, they stick, like, a badass loader in front of you and they're like, get fucked, bitch. And I'm like, alright, fuck me. And so I just died 17 times, and I'm like, well, I have no more money, so fuck this side mission. I'm just letting this bitch die. Because you know what? Fucking escort quests are literally the worst quests in any video game ever. And yeah, that f- fuck escort quests. I don't think I did any of <laughs> that. sounds awful, though. I did as few yeah. side missions as possible. No, I get that. Um, and then finally, what about main missions? Uh, main missions? My favorite hands down, was uh, the wildlife preserve. Okay, why? I, okay, I thought the, there were a couple reasons. I, so, when I said that, I didn't like opportunity, because it was too different. I feel like I'd like the mm-hmm. wildlife preservation, because it was different enough. Makes sense. It, it rode that, like, right amount of different for me. Mm-hmm. Um, it also, it had one of my favorite Jack quotes about the violin, so that was, you know, real up there. Yep. <laughs> real up there for me. Um, the kind of what you said earlier, the blood the blood wing fight was great. Uh, like not having to fully kill, but like just wound him enough mm-hmm. was fabulous. Mm-hmm. Also, like early on, like when you first get this mission from Mordecai, he's like, Oh, Jack expects me to like break down because he is like my blood wing or whatever, but like She's been through a lot. I know she can take it or whatever. And, like, he's so strong the whole time. And then, like, when Jack kills him, and, like, he just, like, he he does, like, what he said he wouldn't. He just, like, loses his shit. Oh, that killed me. Yeah. That. Totally. That was a heart-wrenching performance from someone who was not Jack. <laughs> mm-hmm. And that that just really resonated. I, I enjoyed it. Uh, my favorite was... <laughs> Pretty stereotypical. I really enjoyed Talent of God, just because, oh, like yes. you've said many times, it was an excellent capstone to the story. In like, it a... really was. It was. Yeah. Like, I actually appreciate that it was a little easier than okay. the bunker mission because it it was tuned as such that it never got too hard, and so it never you never felt too frustrated. And so you felt properly epic finishing the game. Again, I, I think that Talent of God was at a good difficulty level, but I think placing Bunker there was poorly, was poor. Sure. Because it made the final enemy seem too weak. Sure. I but get like, that. If you had spaced it more out, I feel you would have only felt that epicness. But... Mm-hmm. And then for least favorite, once again, we can agree on this one. Hey, Tina, what's our least favorite story mission? Uh, a damn fine rescue. Yup. That was hot garbage. It was just a clusterfuck of so many unenjoyable things. It was a first experience with the robots, mm-hmm. and so it was, and I didn't have a lot of elemental weapons, mm-hmm. and so they were really hard to kill. Everything and I had died. fire, like... Mm-hmm. And I died to the badass loaders guarding Roland, like, 17 times. Mm-hmm. They, like, came out of the arena and camped my spawn point, and so I just kept dying to them. I died quite a few times because like once once like the uh oh god once like roland is taken away 
like not just out of his cell, like he's taken away by the what did you call it? The constructor. Constructor. I wanted to say compactor. I knew that wasn't it. Once Roland is taken away, like by the constructor, you have to like transport somewhere. Mm-hmm. I died not as I was transporting, but I like I forgot where I was supposed to transport to. So I was sitting there searching through all the things, and I died. Yeah. Like while and I was so- trying to transport. Yeah, it was also just a very long mission. Oh, it was so long. It just felt very long, especially because we both failed to rescue Roland the first time. Yeah. And we had to do that extra bit, and it was just, oh my god. It was like four dungeons. It felt like four dungeon lengths, like, yeah. if you captured Roland, or if you saved him the first time. Uh-huh. That was a lot. So, it was a lot. No. Um, so, Tina, any closing thoughts? Um... Probably, I probably won't go back to play the game of my own volition, unless, like, Siddiqui and I play it together, or I get my own copy and you and I play it together. <laughs> yeah. But, um, I'm glad, I'm glad I played it. I feel like mm-hmm. that's where I'm at. I'm glad I played it. Mostly right. for the story, but I'm glad I played it. <laughs> sure. Alright, and what's your rating out of 10? 6. Alright, 6.0. So, yeah, that was the episode. Uh, There was a little more talk at the end about what we were going to play next time, but that obviously didn't come to fruition and so isn't really, you know, uh, part of this episode. But, uh, again, thank you for listening to this episode. This is a little bit of a bonus episode. We might be doing more of these in the future if, um, you know, if we're missing other stuff. But thank you for listening. Again, see you in two weeks for Hollow Knight. used in this podcast was BitQuest by Kevin McLeod of Incompetech.com, used under a Creative Commons by Attribution 3.0 license.